Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was the Treme song from Dee Dee Bridgewater with the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra and a fantastic way to get the programme started too. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers, I hear you ask, what's that? Well, it's the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. Alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper, someone who's doing great things and making waves. The person who's making waves who's joined me today, I'm very pleased to say, is Vanessa Brady. She is the founder of the Society of British and international design she has her own design agency she's done loads of other things as well when i looked at her cv i couldn't believe she packed it all in you're going to have a treat today listening to great words of advice and insight from vanessa lots coming up from her very shortly in addition to that you'll be hearing from our program partners at mishkondorea some words of wisdom for your business and as well as all of that if you can take it some great music from the shapers of jazz blues and soul including one of my favorites mr jimmy smith bobby womack and this modern take on the classic blues sound from Eric Bibb. The classic blues sound of Eric Bibb with Silver Spoon. Vanessa Brady, as I build earlier, is my business shaper and, and she is a woman of many talents and indeed someone who stands up for talented women. Uh, she is the founder of the Society of British and International Design. She is involved in the Blue Plaque Trust. She does a load of charitable things. She's an ambassador for design to France. I mean, I could go on, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me, Vanessa. Tell me in your own words how you describe yourself when you meet people. Yes, I mean, started off with just it being an interior designer, but my interest has always been in business. And when I started in the early 80s, interior design was very much more of a um, an interest for, for people that um, perhaps didn't need to earn a living um, rather than somebody that actually went out and wanted to earn money from it. So um, I sort of drifted into it. I started off wanting to be in fashion, but I didn't like the, um, the culture that went with it. And I really liked um, the fabric and texture and colour. But I'm really driven by business. So I uh, found myself being an interior designer and running the business side of it. And then that over the years has probably taken over much more for me that uh, I like to set the standards so that helped me um, organise setting up the organisation and um, then we set the standards for uh, interior design for the UK and um, then you know sort of charitable things come along the way where I have a, a passion and interest to do things and I think anybody who is entrepreneurial when you feel that you can create change it's very difficult to sit down and not get on with it. So um, you tend on, you know, I always said, if I could just sit on my hands and put sellotape over my mouth, I could just do one or two things. <laughs> but that ain't going to happen anytime no. soon. Now, you're, but you said your craft skill, your love of, of textures, you described it, textures and, and colours and so on and so forth, enabled you to make a profession, make a, make a living out of interior design. And you're right, I think, historically, people have perceived it as a nice thing for someone to do, but you took it to another level and creating the awards that you did as you 
you mentioned there, uh, the Society of British and International Design Awards, the SBID. Is that yeah, exactly? that's it. Mm-hmm. What drew you to going beyond setting up your own business, beyond you know servicing clients including Hilton, the Sheraton, NatWest, and J.P. Morgan, and some fantastic names? What pushed you, Vanessa Brady, into the I just can't help myself campaign and create something bigger and, as you said, set the standards. Why you? Well, I have a really faithful team. I always think that, you know, you, everyone can have a good idea, but you're as good as the people around you um, to get things achieve, to achieve something. So I assembled really a great team and I thought, and I got to mid-40s, I was thinking about my exit route and I started to think that I needed to plan. I know a lot of designers write a coffee table book, but I didn't want to do uh, a simple book. I thought I could do much more than that. And I wanted to look after the people that have really helped me create the income that I've achieved and the assets I've gathered. So I converted my practice and the things I was doing to a profit share so that I could do, so that everybody had an interest in the profits of it and the benefits that it created and that gave me more time to go and diversify and I think diversification is the the key to you know creating more and more success so I went off and started building the organization to set standards in a world that has progressed you know I'm 30 years as a designer and when I started as I said you could just open in those days you could go out to get a job there were more jobs than people. So if you started a job on, at nine o'clock and you didn't like it at five, you did something else the next day. These days, people work as interns for a couple of years before they're actually even accepting that there's an opportunity to get a paid job in the area where they want to earn their, their living in, in that, their career. So I thought I would use the skills and repay the industry where I've earned my money by setting standards in the same way that many other professions have standards. Interior design didn't. And I felt that it was a missing segment of um, the supply chain of uh, property. And you felt compelled to set those standards and we're going to hear a lot yeah. more about other gaps that you fill with your fantastic energy and creativity. Time for some music. One of my favourite tracks ever from one of my favourite artists ever. It's Jimmy Smith and The Cat. Jimmy Smith, the cat. I can't stop myself moving to that particular track. It's pathetic, isn't it? But it's true. Vanessa Brady is my business shaper, um, talking uh, about standards and are talking about moving from creating a business to creating an industry, which actually said, you know what, there's a proper way of doing things. Your business has been going many, many years. You've been in the, the business a long time. And again, it, sound, it feels like, well, I know from the facts and from what you said, that you are someone who really believes in it's more than giving back, isn't it? It's kind of shaping the industry and making sure it's a, a really professional one. In terms of your own balance between earning money and creating the industry that you want, how do you manage it? Because they're both big jobs. Mm. How do you personally do that? 
Well, I manage my time. I in in I have a set system, and then it's flexed, <laughs> so it's never quite exactly as I want it to be. But ideally, Monday is my paperwork day, so I set all my appoint. I don't usually have appointments from Monday. I give uh, all my staff their brief for the week, and so we have a meeting, and every, we all get together, and we all share what everybody's done. With that, lasts no more than an hour, and I'm really strict with it. I have a timer on my iPhone. Everyone's allowed. They speak for five minutes, three minutes, and that ping, if you haven't got it out. Mm, so. don't, don't mess with Vanessa. <laughs> she may sound smiley, but I can tell there's a steely, steely, oh, yeah. oh yes. Keep on smiling, and, they go. Yeah. And then um, by the end of Monday, everyone knows what they're doing. They're free to amortise to go and, and achieve it. And then on Friday, we distribute a diary, a work diary, to everybody, which just basically is a, a record of um, what everybody's achieved. And it means that you can always see what everyone's done even though you might not have met them but you don't hear how well we're doing or not doing from other people you'll know it from within and that's a very good way of recording progress and also you can catch errors so we do that then during the week the three days in between monday and friday i then have i go out and do all my talks and uh, meet with people and I'll have um, out of those you know that and Friday I'll have two days um, where I'm trying to on an average two days a week uh, as my site visits and things for my projects as my in my practice well and that is a lesson everybody in time management much will come up for Nessa Brady my business shaper ladies traveling in a couple of minutes and before that some words of wisdom from our program partners at Mishkondorea Hello, my name is Dervil Walsh. I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishcon Dorea. One practical tip I would give to all customers who have dealings with their banks is at the start of the relationship, particularly when they're drawing down funding, it is very important to get the necessary professional input from either accountants or lawyers as to the terms being offered by the bank. One of the reasons for doing this at the outset is because it is critical to avoid a situation where there is a dispute a year or two years down the line, at which point the die has been cast, and very often from the perspective of the borrower and the legal or professional advisor, it is a case of damage limitation. So I can't stress highly enough the importance of getting professional assistance at the start so that you set your stall out appropriately. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. This is Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning, uh, I get the chance to talk to someone who's shaping the world of business. If you've missed any of the previous fantastic guests, go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers. If you're flying with British Airways in the future, you can find the programme on High Life there as well. And if you're near a computer, and you probably are, cityam.com is another destination for you. Today, though, my business shape, I'm very pleased to say, is Vanessa Brady. She travels a lot. She talks to all different sorts of people around the world about business and about women and about design and all sorts of stuff. She's a created awards she's setting standards she runs her own business it's like a, a superwoman here um, and also I should have said is an OBE OBE 2014 not bad um, and you've won um, I think the, the women in the city award um, back in 2014 for the built environment yes yeah. wow I mean that's not bad is it what do they mean to you all these things I mean do you, you don't do it for that do you all the accolades no I mean I think that first of all as a woman in business in my industry it's regarded as fluffy so 
you know, it has been dismissed as an expense for many years and something that um, property can do without. And so, you know, an award like the OBE is, um, I got it for services to interior design and um, the UK economy. So it demonstrates the value that we can add to, and therefore that that's a, a, an accolade that actually endorses what I'm doing as not being fluffy and an ex- expense that it is a real business. So I think they can add value and to an industry-wide as well as to me as, a, as an individual. And therefore, I think that they also, you know, add zeros at the bottom line as well. <laughs> and substance, therefore, is important to you in whatever mm. you do. So, again, um, f- for women in business, things are changing and things have changed dramatically, but they still need to change a lot further. What are the key things that you, as a as a person of note, as someone that's recognised and someone that's respected, what are the things that you say to people that are less enlightened in industry? Well, we have legislation to prevent uh, in place to prevent many of the things that weren't uh, acceptable when you know years ago when I started. So I think that we're okay in that. And I have personally found that men treat women usually. I'm not saying always but generally men treat women very well I think women are very competitive against women they try not to allow uh, each other to move up and I do remember um, the uh, saying which I've always kept which is uh, it's not the glass ceiling it's the sticky floor you can manage very well how to to grow up but you have to make sure you do it with substance you know that you are going to be quizzed and pulled down by everything you say by anybody who doesn't agree with uh, with a woman in certain you know if there if there is negativity you have to be able to stand and you have to be able to prove uh, you know what whatever point you're trying to make um, really very well and i think that's the difficulty is that women tend to leave halfway through they don't finish it um that's probably because of babies and pregnancy and things like that and therefore the uh sometimes the the focus has changed it's suddenly not as important uh to be you know head of the next team or to you know rise to the next level and i think you've done it i mean you're a mum you've got a you know a a more grown-up um child now but it's not that you it's not that that should necessarily stop you doing well it's just what you're saying is there are moments when one has to reflect and then really decide to go again and not lose that confidence in that sense that you deserve to get the next promotion or run your own business or whatever it might be well you know I made sure that when my daughter was um, growing up I still worked but I didn't ever put my work over and above her I made sure that I negotiated my time um, to fit around her school day so when I was working at um, when she was in school I would work as a business consultant during that time and go and visit as a secret shopper at hotels and things like that I, I worked I, in the consulting things I would drop her at school do my work then collect her I didn't ever miss a swimming um, lesson or a sports day or anything because my priority was always her but I the necessity for income was um, was there as well but I wasn't going to do anything secondary so I set my rules and said if you want me this is what you'll have to pay and I'll do it within these dates and this time and therefore you can negotiate it. I'm not saying for everybody in every practice, no, but, but it, it's your, your, your assertive approach to flexibility actually worked into putting your daughter first. Fantastic. Time for some music before we come back to Vanessa. This is Jamie Cullum and 20-something. After years of expensive education A car full of books 
and anticipation. I'm an expert on Shakespeare, and that's a hell of a lot. But the world don't need scholars as much as I thought. The bouncy sound of Jamie Cullum with Twenty Something. Um, Vanessa, we're talking about flexibility and the fact that the, you actually drove the agenda. Um, and you strike me as someone who's very much in control. Not that you're not flexible and creative, but you, once you're clear where you want to get to, you generally strike me as someone who gets there. How have you managed to maintain that? I always work backwards from perfect. So you start at where you want to be, where you want to end up, and then you work out to get there, what do I need to do to achieve it? And then to get there, what do I need to do? So that backward approach means that you don't channel too closely um, all the different avenues that you can... So I'll try eight things expecting to only um, gain and complete one for example but it means that I don't lose any of the opportunities and I see which one works the best which one thing so it means that I've measured everything and then I can find the best solution and is that your approach to when you advise companies on their strategies to grow their businesses I believe that's another big part of what you do beyond the interior design uh, side specifically there's a, a macro strategy view mm. is that what you say to them or is it is it more nuanced than that no it's more it's slightly different for a company I look at what what they're trying to achieve is it Um, profile or is it income and it's usually only one or the other and I look at first of all what are the opportunities what's missing in the market um, and what what fits with what they already do so that they've already got a section already there they just need to you know two steps to the right or the left to start to manage that Um, but you then have to look at your competitors and uh, look at where the opportunities are within that uh, gap and then then work out how to get there and I think that you can do that you have to be different you have to be innovative and I think creativity and the world of you know the creative industries is really an easier way to generate income and build a business than manufacturing and any of the other you know banking we can see that there's been all these other difficulties but the creative industries will get us and has got us out of the recession much more than anything else and I think it's a very creative people and not always business people it's always either right side or left side of the brain and usually you'll find that if somebody's a really great artist they don't know how to sell it or vice versa I think that if you look at but I try to blend the two together and um, I've always looked at you know not only doing something creatively but making money from it too. That sounds like the perfect mix to me. Final chat coming up with my guest Vanessa plus we'll be playing a track from the late greats Wilton Felder and Bobby Womack that's after the latest Traffic and Travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal. Inherit the wind from Wilton Felder and Bobby Womack. Vanessa Brady is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. Um, we've talked about lots of things. Um, 
a lot of people follow you on Twitter, which may sound like a strange thing to say, but you've got almost 40,000 people who listen to what you say. Why do so many people follow you? Because, again, if I look at all the different things that you do, you're a trailblazer. You're a woman in business talking about doing well in business as a woman, and you do that on a, on a, global, on a global platform. You've got your own business. You um, are happily creating the standards. I mean, you keep pushing the boundaries. Why do all these people love that, do you think? I think that um, I talk about family, I talk about standards, and I talk about achievement. Um, I think that because everyone's um, got free talk, free speech on Twitter and social media platforms, I've been very careful not to be negative. Um, and when I am, there's always I always try to give a solution as well. So if there's something that's not right and I say I don't think this is right, I'll usually say what I think could be done to make it right. And therefore, you know, just... Just being saying negative things just for the sake of getting attention is, I don't think, is helpful. And yet we live in a world at the moment where people say whatever they like, regardless of um, uh, the outcome. So I think it just means that if you I try to keep it on a very much of a business level as well. But just to give an insight about where we're going and what we're doing in terms of business. Well, it's been working for you so far, and I'm sure it's going to work for you mm-hmm. in, the, in the future as well. It's been great having you um, as my guest today. Thank you so much for joining me. Just before I let you go, though, before you mm-hmm. tootle away, mm-hmm. um, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Well, I think as we're approaching Christmas, um, and um, we like to set change, and uh, uh, why not one of the first songs this year, or one of the Christmas songs this year for Jazz FM, as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, written by Mel May, um, because Daisy, his daughter, is a, a friend of mine, and I know that James is also a presenter here at Jazz FM, and I've got his CD from where he <laughs> 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 Listen to him. So um, I think that because chestnuts roasting on an open fire demonstrates global as well. I mean, Mel wrote it in great sunshine in Los Angeles. So that would be nice. Excellent. Well, James is happy. Jazz FM's happy. I'm very happy too. Here it is for you. Thank you so much. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose That was Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire from Mel Torme, the song choice of my business shaper today, Vanessa Brady, and in fact probably the first Christmas song you're going to hear of the year here on Jazz FM. She's a clear thinker, someone who's really strategic about achieving her ends and about achieving exactly what she wants to do, and boy has she managed to do that. And beyond that, beyond the business success, a campaigner, someone who says, this is what's important to me, you need to know it's important and you need to change the way that you think, specifically about women in business. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Watch out for the Society of British and International Design Awards, which are actually taking place next Friday the 27th at the Dorchester in London. Coming up next, and if we had a drum roll, we would hear it right now, we're going to be going live to join Nigel Williams, who's going to be enjoying the closing weekend of the EFG London Jazz Festival. He's got some great guests some live sessions including Jose James and Badass Brass not to mention a few others so if you're in London and you've got the opportunity I would take it get down to the King's Place which is right next door King's Cross Station and you can enjoy it with him Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Rea. it's business but it's personal